Well, good morning, Christ Church. Oh, it's so good to be with you this morning. I hope everyone had an awesome Thanksgiving. You've got to wear sweatpants and yoga, yoga pants for the next few weeks. I'm not going to judge you, okay? I'm right there with you. But man, today is a good day, and I'm so excited to be with you. And some of you may have noticed that our pastor, Chet, is not with us this morning. It's a little bittersweet. I know we love our pastor. He's so fun, and he shares the message so well. Then there's my boss, Chet. He's a bit of a pusher. (laughs) Uh, But no, he's so encouraging, and I'm so thankful for him. He always wants to know, like, where's God showing up in your life? What's God doing? Then he'll challenge you. And I appreciate it most days. Some days. There's days. (laughs) But I do. I, I so appreciate it. And um, I'm wondering if you have people in your life like that. Like, there, are there people in your life, like, when you're going through a storm or you're going through a season, like, you just see nothing good. And there's those people that'll, like, speak something good into your life. And they'll say, hey, I think this is where God's showing up. But you just can't see it. And then maybe you look back and you're like, they were right. God was there. And he was good. And church, I just, I hope to do that today. I hope to give you a little bit of encouragement. If you're in a funk or you're stuck, I just hope this message brings you a little bit of encouragement and I hope it challenges you enough, not a lot, because I don't like a challenge, but enough to just think some good things about God. Okay, so let's shake off our turkey comas. You see your neighbor dozing, give him a little nudge. Give your girl an amen every once in a while so I know you're with me. There we go. All right. Let me say a prayer for us. Dear Heavenly Father, you are a good and mighty God. I thank you for every single person here in this room. I thank you that when we set our minds on you, Lord, good things happen. I thank you for who you say we are. I thank you for the gift of just a new mindset that frees us and helps us to become the people that you have called us to be. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I do. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. I got to spend Thanksgiving with my family. I have a photo of them. We've got Lexi. She's on the left. She's 12. This girl's brilliant. She reads books like crazy, and she's so smart and witty and sassy. My husband says she gets it from me, but I don't see it. Um, And then there's Mia. She's 14. We call her Mama Mia. She's like the mother hen. She's so sweet and makes sure um, that everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing. And then that handsome man, my hubby Bob. You might see him parking the cars. Um, I heard from a few people they didn't know we were married. So he is mine. I am his. We belong together. But no, it's so easy in this season to be like so thankful and show your gratitude and have like a good mindset. I don't know if you're like me, but that's not always the case. Like there's some mornings that I wake up and I know I'm not winning the day. Like I just, there's so many thoughts going through my mind and I end up kind of cranky and crabby and I might like look at my phone and just get ticked because that's a filter and she doesn't really look like that. 
or I'll get like mad because like they're going on vacation again. Like, can you be- can you believe it? And then maybe my husband's like on his way out, and he'll you know like leave for the day, and he'll say like, bye. <laughs> when did we stop calling each other babe? Bye, babe. Now I'm thinking he's mad at me. Like, what did I do? I did something wrong, and then I get to work, and everyone's chipper, and I'm like on the verge of a divorce because my husband stopped loving me for some reason. I don't know why. Just, you know what I mean? Like, you get in that mood, and your mind just, it goes wild. And I heard this um, Native American proverb, and it goes something like this. There's two wolves that are constantly at war. One is darkness and despair, and the other is light and hope. Which one wins? The one you feed. And I think there's so much truth to that. Like, what we're feeding our minds truly does matter. But I do think there is something more to this. I'm all about positive thinking, but by noon, I ain't so positive, you know? And I think the Apostle Paul, I think he has a good insight on this, and I really want to share it with you. It's from the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 5. It says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Our mindsets matter. And when we refocus our mind, it renews our life. So Paul is saying that, okay, our minds are either set on the flesh or on the spirit. And when he's talking about flesh, it's not like some muscular tissue that's covering our bodies. It's something a lot deeper. He's talking about our egocentric human nature. He's talking about this sin-dominated self. Romans 5.12 says that, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, that one man is Adam, that one man did the very thing that God said not to do, and because of that, there was death. And death came to all people because all sinned. Church, I love your faces. I love our church so much, but we, we're all sinners. And we have this, this self-centered way of thinking. And when our minds are set on the flesh, it's about me, <laughs> my wants, my desires, my agenda. Um, I love the Enneagrams. I love them a lot. Um, it's a personality test, numbers one through nine, and each number represents a different personality. And I'm an Enneagram 4, which means I love love. Like I'm a romance girl, and I can kind of build these scenarios up in my mind, and they're like wild and extravagant, and that's not life. So I'm often disappointed (laughs) when things don't work out the way that I think they're going to. So my family that I adore and that I love, you know, when they're not waking up and bringing me coffee and my daughters aren't like, Mom. Thanks for giving birth to me. We love you. (laughs) My husband hasn't written out like a poem, maybe 10 verses of why he loves me. A little disappointed. Told you, I'm a dreamer. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I have this idea in my mind of how my family should be, and I'm, I'm disappointed. And it leads to me treating them badly. And I miss the mark on how God intended for me to love them. And when our minds are set on the flesh, we have this performance mentality. Like, I'm going to work my way to God loving me. I want to be his favorite, okay? So I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to donate my clothes. I'm going to do all the things that I think I should be doing for God to love me more. But that's not the case. See, I miss the mark. God said his love is free. I don't have to work to earn it. Sometimes we work in our careers, like climbing the ladder. Do you want to move up? Do you want a higher status? But what happens when you lose that job? Or what happens when it's not what you thought it was? See, when our minds are focused on the flesh, we become hostile to not only God, but to ourselves. Anybody have like the negative self-talk? And it just goes deeper and deeper. And then we're negative to others. Have you ever been that party pooper? Like at the party and you just like, you could pick everything apart. And you just like, you don't even want to be by yourself. Not me. (laughs) But when we live this way, the Bible says that we live in slavery and chains. This mindset, it entraps us and we just feel stuck. So that is when our minds are set on the flesh. Let's bring it up a little, okay? What does it look like when our minds are set on the spirit? Everyone in here, by human nature, every human being, we have a deep sense that we want to be loved. We want to be loved and valued. And when our minds are focused on the spirit, we get a sense of God's love. The scriptures say that we love because he loved us first. When our minds are focused on the spirit, we live in this freedom. I do not have to work to earn God's love. He loves me just as I am. And when I begin to partner with God, I begin to think about things that are pleasing to God. I want to know him. I want to know his thoughts. What does he say about me and other people? And then it... I become a little bit more humble, a little bit more sympathetic, sound mind. Who doesn't want that? (laughs) But I have this mind that's constantly thinking about God. Paul says that we have a responsibility for our mindsets. Our thoughts and our spiritual lives are connected. So I was listening to this book. That's right. You can listen to books. There you go. So I was listening to this book, and this woman, like, shot out a statistic. She said that we as human beings, we have about 30,000 thoughts a day. I needed to know if this was true. So I'm, like, going online, and I'm researching, and I found that we have anywhere from 1,200 thoughts to 100,000 thoughts a day. That blows my mind, but I believe it. So who really knows? Who knows how many thoughts we have? But the one thing that these articles and statistics had in common was that most of us think negative thoughts. Our minds are consumed with negative thoughts. So I had to see if this was true. 
So I asked one of like the happiest people I knew. I was like, hey, do you think you have more positive thoughts or more negative thoughts? And without a beat, they were like, oh, negative. I was like, man, that surprises me. You're so happy. And they said to me, they were like, no one gets a free pass. No one gets a free pass with this. We all struggle with this. But it's what we do with it. See, some of us, we get trapped in this negative mindset because of our past or because of our trauma, and we'll go into this, like, self-preservation mode and just put these walls and boxes up, and sometimes we don't even realize how harsh we might be responding to others. But every real change begins at the thought. And if you're struggling with those thoughts, you can recognize I'm not a victim of my thoughts. And we can learn to grow a healthier mindset. There was a quote I heard this week, and it says, Sow a thought, and you reap an action. Sow an act, and you reap a habit. Sow a habit, and you reap a character. Sow a character, and you reap destiny. I really wanted to dig into like how our brains are working, because this is just so fascinating to me. The easiest way I found that just made sense was we have a thought followed by an emotion, then an action, and then there's a consequence. Easy, right? It gets easier. <laughs> but we have a thought. First thing in the morning, we have a thought. Okay, my husband didn't say goodbye. My emotion is insecurity. I'm feeling insecure. But I have a choice to make. I'm either going to text him and tell him everything that he did wrong that morning. <laughs> I'm guessing you could guess the consequence of what that might be. <laughs> or my thought is, he didn't say goodbye, babe, this morning. I'm feeling insecure. I'm going to look at this from the lens of God, and I'm going to say, I love that man, and I love the man that God created him to be, and I have no idea what's on his mind and on his heart, so I'm going to send him something encouraging. And then the consequence, we grow in our marriage. We have a thought, an emotion, an action, and a consequence. So how do we focus our minds on the spirit? We have to take an inventory of our thoughts. Pay attention to what you're thinking and ask yourself, is this of the flesh or is this of the spirit? The next thing that we can do to focus our minds on the spirit is feed the spirit. Memorize scripture. Memorize one verse. No one's going to know if you, you, know, you flub it a little. Okay, We're not that judgy. <laughs> but when you are feeling unloved, Say to yourself, God chose me. I'm chosen. And when that voice of self-doubt is just going through your mind and you're not good enough, mm -mm. I'm chosen, I'm chosen, I'm chosen. If you have this thought where you're just like confused and I don't know where God's taking me in my life and may, is he there, is he not there? Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. 
plans to give you hope and a future. We have to replace those thoughts and feed that spirit. Another thing that we can do is reach out to a friend. Have you ever just gone through something so silly and you say it out loud to your friend and they're like, come back yet? You realize like how silly it was and you were so stressed out and sometimes it's just speaking it out loud and you realize, okay, I just needed to get that out. When we're focusing, refocusing our mind on the spirit, another thing that we can do is to be kind to ourselves. This is, this is a process, not perfection. God does not call us to be perfect. Be kind to yourself. And another thing, if your mind is just in a terribly dark place, you have to ask for help. We have mental health coaches at the church. There's um, a lot of resources available. You can see us at the back table after service, but you have to ask for help. Um, And I have gone through waves of depression, and um, I'd get a little cocky sometimes. I'm like, well, where was God in this? Like, where was he? And I'd look back later, and I saw God put the right people. He put the right counselors in my life. And I do believe if you need help, God's going to put the right people there for you. Another thing that is going to transform our minds, church, is knowing and understanding the gospel. Like I said at the beginning, we're all sinners. We miss this mark of who God called us to be. But God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, for us, for every single one of us. And the scriptures say that outside of a relationship with God, we're dead. We're alive and we're living, right? But are you just experiencing life? Or do you really want to live? And the moment we enter a relationship with God, the moment we invite Jesus into our lives, we become alive. Erwin McManus, he's a pastor and an author and an Enneagram 4. Just point that out. But he says it this way, and I love it so much. He says, when we accept Christ into our lives, a metamorphosis begins to happen. And once you start this, you can never go back. He says that when we accept Jesus into our lives, at your core, you're already the perfect image of God that you are going to become. It's already inside of you. There's no pleading. There's no begging. There's no, God, please. What we have to work towards is becoming who we really are, who God has gifted us and created us and called us to be. When we invite Christ into our lives, we're made new. We get a new mind. And when my mind matches the mind of Christ, transformation happens. My thoughts change. My heart change. My attitude's still working on it. But it's there. (laughs) But when we're in Christ, he has this way of, like, whispering into our souls. 
I didn't grow up in the church. I actually came to this church in my mid-20s. My girlfriend Leah invited me. Shout out to Leah. (laughs) But I didn't really know much about faith and religion, but I just like knew. I knew I wanted to trust God. And then I did the next thing. Like I knew I wanted to serve. And then I did the next thing. And I just kept saying yes to God. But then I started to get frustrated because I heard this whisper of, like, you're going to preach. <laughs> I said, no, I'm not. But it was there, and I just kept hearing it. And then I would feel like God was asking me to do certain things, and I wasn't doing them. Like, he'd want me to read my Bible more and learn more about him and spend more time with him. And I'm like, I like movies. I'm tired. Real whiny. I can get whiny. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I would get so frustrated because I'm like, God's mad at me. Like, I always felt like God was mad at me because I wasn't doing the things that God was asking me to do. And one day I was like, why? Why, God? And I heard this whisper. And he said, daughter, I'm not mad at you. I want to feed you. I want to give you life. I want to speak to your soul. I want you to share. And if you want that peace, we have to shift where our mind is focused and who it's focused on. I want to read to you verse 9. It says, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Have you ever read scripture and you're like, something just stands out to you? This one word, two letters, haunts me. If. We have a choice to make. Do you ever have those like what if moments in your life? Like what if I didn't lose my temper? What if I didn't send that text message? What if I took that job? What if I weren't such a chicken? I had um this what if moment. I got to preach about a month ago, and it was so fun, and our church is, like, so beautiful and encouraging, and I love everyone so much. I don't know what happened. I became a stinker thinker. There was one little bit of doubt, and it just kept going. I was like, God did not call me to do this. Why did I say that? I should have said this. I was so mad at Chet. I was like, I'm writing you my two weeks. I quit. I didn't say it. 
oh, but man, what if I listened to that voice? I would have robbed myself the opportunity to see God work through this. And I'm so grateful. And church, I just want you to like think about those what if moments. Like you got a choice to make. Let me say a prayer for us. Dear Heavenly Father, you are such a good and mighty God. Thank you that when we set our minds on you, Lord, we receive life and peace. I pray that the hearts in this room today, Lord, that they would have a sense of hope, a sense of your goodness, and that you are just calling us to greater things. I pray that if minds are stuck, Lord, and they reach out, that you would just put the right people in their lives to speak hope. Thank you for giving us your son. Thank you for helping us to become who you've created us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.